0: I'm Rosanna and this is AFL Obsessed. So this last week, really couple of weeks, has been particularly rough in the US. So what's the state of affairs in the states at the moment? And I said in the mini-sode that I would address everything, so here we are. There have been some heart-wrenching events successively in the last few months that have really highlighted some of the structural and systemic problems we have here in America. And among them, taking the lives of Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and ultimately with George Floyd, which is an event of injustice that will live on in history forever. And these are just to name a few. So we do have a complicated and complex history of racial tension, racial profiling, police brutality, and injustice when it comes to our Black community and that is not opinion, that is fact, so there is no debating that the systemic and structural issues exist. But just to illustrate, every single black man I know has had a gun pointed at their head, typically before they are even 15, so a child, They've had their car searched randomly or had a similarly unnecessary and frankly exhaustive or even more dangerous experience involving police. So simply put, black lives matter. And I can't believe I even have to say this when talking about black lives matter. We are not saying only black lives matter. We're saying that black lives have routinely been devalued and made out to be less than dangerous or criminal and specifically routinely been subjected to police violence and being gunned down by law enforcement. And there's really been almost like a colossal failure on our country's behalf of publicly and institutionally addressing or even acknowledging this in the past, almost as if it's been allowed and overlooked, but it's also just gone unaddressed for far too long. So it continues to threaten our future because history keeps repeating itself. And as a society, because this is unacceptable, we have to actively fight against racism in this country and globally. And that's why there have been protests. So a protest is an act of desperation. I mean, even in the face of a pandemic, it's important to have this address to show just how deeply ingrained racism is within our society. And please don't confuse the peaceful protesters with the looters and the vandalizers and the rioters. But a couple of things that were really triggering personally for me. I mean, if you watch the video of a man getting murdered in broad daylight by people who are supposed to protect and serve them, and they knew they were being filmed and you didn't feel outraged i mean there is a reason george floyd is resonating with people globally even though it has been happening time and again often off camera here and cnn reporter omar jimenez getting arrested while he was working i mean where the background looked like scenes from a purge film And I know it seems like our lives have been upended by seemingly multiple forces at once. I mean, there's been COVID, the protests and social unrest, and it's an insanely trying time. And many of us have experienced losses on many levels, but the reality is that there's never been a point in this country's history where black people were not being racially profiled and abused. There's been a long string of murders due to systemic racism in every state in the country. So no, it's not just business as usual. And if this makes anyone uncomfortable, please consider what a black person faces every time they leave their home and how they're not even safe in their own homes. I mean, Brianna Taylor, like I said, a Tatiana Jefferson, Botham Jean, those are just like a few names. So just a friendly PSA, Blue Lives Matter is not a thing. Being a cop is a choice and a job, not something you're born into. But yeah, so it is apparent and an acknowledgement overall that we are not doing enough as a society in educating ourselves. And regardless of how we got here and how hard we are working to improve, what matters now really are the results. So if you can just be committed to bettering yourself and your understanding of racism in this country or your own, and how to actively oppose it, and also being willing to change your perspective and opinions when being presented with new information. So first, you can educate yourself on the stories. If you don't know the stories in history about Black people, then you can't understand why people are so infuriated about this and why they're protesting. And I cannot vocalize enough that it is a privilege to educate yourself about racism instead of experiencing it. And maybe that's unlearning or relearning what you've been taught. And some other things that you can do, you can talk to other people about racial justice. You can donate money to local grassroots organizations that are working to affect change. But one of the most direct and sustainable ways to support the Black community is to shop at Black-owned businesses, many of which have also been disproportionately affected by the pandemic. So yeah, watch, read, listen, learn, act, donate, support. And I'll leave some links and resources on Twitter if you guys have questions. And all that said, I do think that most people around the world want to learn more. And I would like to think that most countries want to fight police brutality and are interested in supporting and learning more about all of these issues, as was evidenced by all of the protests I saw globally. And there's no doubt that the strength of our collective voices can bring about meaningful change, and it appears to have already in certain ways, which I'll get into more next time. But I'm always here if you have any questions personally, and you guys know I always respond to every single message I get, whether it's through email, at aflfootyobsessed, at gmail, or Twitter, at aflobsessed. And for Australians specifically, this is not unlike your own history with indigenous people and the stolen generation. And I know that Chad Wingard and Alira Elira have talked about their own experiences with regards to racial profiling and issues. And I was encouraged by the fact that the entire Brisbane Lions team, in a show of solidarity, took a knee during training because we still don't have that luxury here in our sports, but I'll talk about that more when we get to round two. But first, a little housekeeping about the Mighty West episode. So Matt Dean pointed out that Mitch Wallace didn't play in the 2016 Grand Final because he broke his leg. And I meant that he was named to the squad, but I also made it sound like he actually played in the game. And also a shout out to Matt Francis because this is his birthday week. And as for New York now, we were under curfew due to the protests at the start of the month. The first night was 11 p.m. and then the week following was at 8 p.m., which is something that hasn't happened in the city since World War II. And... It's funny because it increasingly feels more and more like we are under siege in some ways. And I have to say that forced more people to kind of be condensed in the limited hours of the evenings if you just had to grab anything. So I don't know if that congestion was all that great. But also... In about five or six different neighborhoods in New York, about 40% of the population have vacated and emptied out and they've just left New York. So I know I mentioned it before that people were kind of like fleeing or just kind of if they had anywhere else to go, they were taking off. But yeah, the city just seems emptier, if you will, and not as busy. Okay, so let's talk about round two because footy is back. I have been excited all week personally because it's my birthday week and season is back and just all of the emotions from the last few months have culminated into this big ball of excitement for a super weekend of footy, but... I have to admit this is the time of year when my sleep schedule is just completely wrecked and a byproduct of the season is that I'm just seemingly jet lagged in my own country not having traveled because I'm functioning on Australian time. I mean it wreaks havoc on my schedule but the good news is there isn't anything I'm missing out on right now or that I'd rather do. So the first Pies versus Tigers game back started at my five forty a.m. on Thursday. Since we're a day behind, and I was so excited, I went to bed like early ish. But I woke up a couple hours later at 1.30 in the morning, and I couldn't fall back asleep, which just makes you kind of wary for the rest of the weekend if you mess with your schedule like that first night. So I spent the time in between checking out my Super Coach team, which I hadn't even looked at since the season was suspended and postponed, and there was a lot of work to do there. And also since it's my first season playing super coach, as you guys know, I was thinking in my mind... I guess that I had the money I had from the start to work with. And I was getting notices like, you can't do that transaction because you'd be 70K in the red. So for my Americans, I've said this before, but Super Coach is similar to playing fantasy football, except it's more fun to me. And it really makes you pay attention to like rookies and who's been named to the team, etc. But anyway, I finished the overhaul of my team with just three minutes to spare. And then I made popcorn for the game because I was ready for some theatrics of apparently. And I really appreciated the solidarity of both teams kneeling right off the bat for Black Lives Matter. So thank you for the knee and Sarah Jones reading the statement on why the teams were doing it was very moving and also Brownie because it's just always good to see him. You guys know how I feel about Jonathan Brown. I was kind of surprised on social media, though, that there was some opposition to this and maybe a call out that Australia shouldn't try to mimic American sports. Honestly, I guess my question is who is being slighted by this action? I mean, the teams were showing solidarity for their indigenous teammates and the community beyond. And I understand that people feel that politics don't belong in sports. But I mean, there was no anthem playing in the background. There was no flag on the ground. Like, I genuinely don't understand why people were canceling their memberships to clubs they support over it. Because from the outset, it was a unified look. And I promise our country is thinking you. And overall, I didn't go in with any expectations. I just hoped, I guess, that the camera footage would have tighter shots so that the players wouldn't be swallowed by the G like the very first game in round one. But performance wise, I have to say the boys looked a bit rusty and the ball movement itself was kind of clumsy because there were so many fumbles all over the field and a lot of missed opportunities that kind of had to check again that the Pies and Tigers were there and that like certain players had arrived. We all expect that swift, fast, nimble, deft ball movement, and it was just obvious that the players hadn't played for months, just something that we're used to, I guess. So maybe I was just nominally disappointed because I know how excited Americans and people around the world have been waiting for this, and I didn't think it was the best way for even me to sell the game to others because it really didn't showcase how exhilarating and thrilling and explosive and like mind-blowing the sport really is. And beyond that, the sound effects were really interesting. They kind of threw me for a second and then I started to appreciate it, although just having diverse sounds I think would have helped or more diverse sounds. And I wanna cut the operator some slack because I'm sure it's a learn by doing job since it's the first time anyone has done it. And I'm sure the learning curve is hella steep, but I just felt like the timing was off with delayed or like random cheering at strange times. And I feel like some booing or like ball sounds, like the ball screams would have really helped. And as a podcaster, I'm surprised with the depth of AFL games and recordings. In their collection, I'm surprised I guess they didn't present sound bites from previous games or isolate sound snippets to deploy at will like during the play. I think a retired AFL player could really make this fun or at least assist and know maybe when to work out those timings versus just someone who's trying to like in real time spot what's going on on a field. And from a peripheral standpoint, it just sounded like bar sounds coming from a bar in the G or like cafe ambient noises at times. And the ending was exciting. And I was waiting for a last minute spoiler because it really could have gone either way. So yeah, my first real time drawn game and the cheering sound effect was hilarious because it was a little anticlimactic feeling considering all of the lead up, I guess. And you just kind of go numb and not know how to feel after waiting that entire time i guess it's just like another sign of the 2020 times as they've said and the virtual banners were nice and it was fun to see one side of the goals with like cutouts and the clubs have gotten really creative with engaging the supporters and members during this time and allowing them to contribute even from afar and also the little logos above the guernsey numbers on the back were an interesting addition this time around But what did you guys think about the game performance, the virtual banners, and the sound effects? And where did you watch the game? I'm so curious and interested. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail or aflobsessed on twitter. And moving on, I was really looking forward to the Cats versus the Hawks game on Friday, which had a similar start time very early. And that game started off with a bang. I mean, both teams looked ready to score and play despite a break. And instead of the very defensive game from the night previous, this was a much more of like an attacking game in Selwood and Gary Ablett Jr. were standouts and then the Hawks just kind of ran away with the game in the third quarter and I was kind of feeling flashbacks to that 2019 grand final but yeah even I mean Reece Stanley was like kicking goals so I was happy to see so many Americans tuning into that particular game and it was kind of a riot seeing everyone with their drinks around the world and I'm making breakfast at halftimes but this is the obsessive life I guess and what obsessives do (laughs) And I really wish I could watch all of the games in real time, but it's just not possible for me to do that. And as a sidebar, my boyfriend Andrew would have his first conference calls at 8 a.m. just as I'm finishing watching both early a.m. games. So that was hilarious. And he was a good sport and watched both entirely with me, even though they were so early and now to the Lions versus the Dockers. So this game happened Friday night, at my like 11.45 p.m. So it was a much more reasonable hour, even though I had to get through two days of kind of just like work as a zombie. So we're three for three and bonus, it was on like FS2, which is a live TV channel here. But this was a great game. I was exhausted towards the end of it, but it was absolutely captivating. And everything I want in a game, I mean, Charlie Cameron and Lucky Neal, and there were some missed opportunities, but overall it was exciting and Zorko kind of sealed the deal in the last almost three seconds of the game. And the last five minutes of that game was actually everything because Frio did put up a fight, even though I know the last quarter was a bit of a struggle for them, but shout out to Fife for holding it down for his team. And I know it was a super Saturday of football for you guys, but man, that Blues versus Demons game, you have to feel for the Carlton supporters because you could have taken that. And one point games are frustrating because you never want to lose by one point. And the irony was not lost on me that another team didn't score at all previously in the fourth quarter of their game. I'm Frio, I'm looking at you. And they lost, but the Ds managed to just get a behind in the fourth and they took this game. So the showdown between Port Adelaide and Adelaide was another early 5 a.m. game for me, which luckily was on FS1, again, on our live TV, because it was at the same time of another game I really wanted to see also, the Suns versus the Eagles. So we had to have like the TV on and, thankfully, my Watch AFL app on the laptop instead of like the computer, just so they could be right next to each other. So first, the showdown. I really love the Port Guernsey and also I was just so happy they got to have fans at the game. I mean, you just know if you were a Port fan and you got in that you're just going to give your voice away to the team and just lose it on that cold night. And I remember when we all thought the NRL's May 28th start date was just wishful thinking, but such a bad call. And so to have fans at the games already is just crazy considering how badly COVID has affected everything here on this side of the world. And I'm proud of you, Australia, because I don't see Americans getting to sports games in 2020, but maybe I'm also just being silly with that or cautious. But more on the Port Guernsey, since I know there have been comments from Eddie McGuire that they can't rock that Guernsey, and I guess from an American standpoint, or just from my perspective, I didn't realize other clubs' opinions mattered, maybe because Americans do what we want with our teams, but I mean, I've seen like a Sky Blue M&M Carlton Guernsey before and many variations on main club themes, but you do you, Port. I mean, I really love that Guernsey, and you ran away with that game bar none month. And finally, the upset of the Suns versus the Eagles. What a great game for the Suns, especially Matthew Rowell. I mean, I adore the Eagles, but you can't help but think that the Suns could have a team if maybe they weren't constantly training for like other teams to poach their players and maybe how different their futures could be. Like the Giants, if some players committed as a playing group to staying on, you could really see the possibilities since they have good players. I've had kind of like a goofy smile on my face since then and I'm really looking forward to the remaining games which I'll have to include in the next epi but tell me your thoughts about the games and how you're feeling after a weekend of footy how did your team go and what could they have improved and what do you think your club should do differently for the fans and the members my email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on twitter and if you know someone who might enjoy this pod I hope you'll share it with them feel free to rate or leave a review if you like this pod So thanks for hanging with me, everyone. Stay safe and healthy. Check in on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.